Freedom doesn't need more cheerleaders shouting partisan slogans. It needs thoughtful, principled disciples of liberty. Deep down, we all know that freedom and liberty matter. This is where we discuss why they matter. It's time to elevate the discussion. Welcome to the never-ending quest for clarity. This is Loving Liberty with Brian Hyde. Hey, welcome to Loving Liberty. I'm Brian Hyde. If you'd like to join the conversation, please do at 801-331-8113. We'll both feel better for it. No, really, honestly, we will. By the way, if you uh, if you didn't catch the first hour of the show, I would really encourage you to check out the podcast. It's easy to find. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Anchor.fm. But uh, I had a great conversation with Eric Peters from Eric Peters Autos uh, about a couple of very timely topics, one of them uh, being the practice of civil asset forfeiture. And if if you're just fleetingly aware of this, it's something you really should know about. Um, I think somewhere in the neighborhood, uh, according to one poll in my home state of Utah, 86% of the people surveyed said, hey, I'm really against this practice of, of law enforcement taking money or taking property from people without due process, without proving them guilty of something. They just, well, that's more money than you should have, and they take it. And it starts with, you know, well, I pulled you over because your uh, license plate light wasn't working or something like that. Anyway, it's it's a it's a process that underlines or rather undermines confidence in the people who we trust to get out there and fairly and and justly enforce the laws. Because it turns them into an official equivalent of a highwayman, a robber. They're just cloaked in state authority and a little you know, pomp as, as they take things that do not belong to them for reasons which are not clear or which may be arbitrary. And Eric Peters has, I think, one of the best breakdowns on this that, that I've heard. So I encourage you check out the uh, podcast. All right. Other stuff that uh, has come across my screen this morning. Won't necessarily get to these in this order, but a great article from David Evans. You want to be happy? First, you have to be pessimistic. I'll probably save that one for last, but I thought that was a a really interesting take. We'll talk about the roots of political correctness and also the misery of the modern multi-level marketing. Maybe I'll start there. And I'm going to start with a confession. After many years of resisting becoming a part of any multi-level marketing operation, I went ahead and signed up. And this was just a couple of months ago. And so I, I'm just telling you this in, in full disclosure so you'll know that, uh, yep, I'm a part of one. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you that uh, the reasons why I have always shied away from this is because there is nothing that offends me more than encountering somebody after years of, you know, not seeing him, you know, somebody from high school or somebody from I worked with many years ago. Hey, it's been so long. How are you doing? And then, you know, comes the pitch. Hey, we got an amazing meeting going on and I'd love for you to be a part of it. You just you feel like a target. And so I know how I feel when people approach me like that. I don't want to be that guy that people see me coming. Oh, crap. Here comes Hyde with his multi-level marketing scheme. At the same time, I'm going to confess something else to you. My friend Tim Alders sent me, <clears throat> excuse me, an ebook. Uh, this was several months back from Robert Kiyosaki. Now, I've been a pretty longtime fan of Robert Kiyosaki. If you've ever read his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or the Cash Flow Quadrant, uh, they these are books that give a really good explanation of why some people will forever just be chasing a paycheck, and other people learn how to make their money work for them. And I can't even remember what the name of this latest book was. Again, this was sent to me as an ebook, but as I read it, Kiyosaki made a very convincing case that the business of the 21st century is most likely going to be some kind of a network marketing business. And the explanation that he gives is not because Amway has taken over the world, but because we are doing so much online commerce. And people can order those things that they need or they can can access the services that they need online that it just makes sense. And the people who are really good at building a network are the ones who are going to be able to build phenomenal businesses. Now, that that alone wasn't enough to convince me. 
And so I'll, I'll tell you that uh, ultimately what, I, what it came down to was I, I signed up and I became a member of Legal Shield. And <clears throat> this, this was because I came to the realization that I'm at the point in my life where I have insurance for my cars, I have health insurance, I have life insurance. But it's so easy to find yourself in a situation where you need some kind of legal representation. And I don't have the kind of big bucks that I can just have, you know, a team of attorneys on retainer at all times ready to do my bidding. So this provided me with a, a chance to to have simple but effective legal representation. And I'll just give you a couple of examples. <clears throat> I don't know the last time uh, that, that you've updated your will, but uh, for, for my wife and I, it had been about uh, three kids. Since we had last updated our will, whoops! Uh, yeah, you might want to might want to take it take uh, the time to get that thing squared away. But also, I think about all the different aspects of our lives where you enter into a contract. You know, we have we have uh, family renting our home that we own in another part of the state, and so we had to draw up a rental agreement. Now, my wife isn't a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. The people that we're renting to are not attorneys. But how handy would it be, you know, I thought, to, to have somebody able to review documents for us and, and point out any potential problems. You ever had a problem with a car dealership? They overcharged you for something or they didn't fix something. It's not saying you have to litigate everything, but a, a well-timed letter from an attorney's office can be a marvelous catalyst to get things happening, especially if you have had trouble getting results. You know, you bought something um, over the phone or you bought something and, and uh, the marketer turns out to be, shall we say, less than scrupulous. Wants to continue charging your debit card monthly for things you don't want or you don't need. And when you call them up and you tell them, hey, uh, we got to stop this. Oh, well, but you've agreed and you're going to have to go for another three months or something. No. With the touch of a button on my phone, I can contact a law firm and have a letter sent that will tell them in no uncertain terms, you're going to stop this right now and you're going to refund the money that you've been taking that you shouldn't have been taking. And all I can tell you is it, it gets results. So <clears throat> when I saw the article here from Emma Freire, Emma Elliott Freire, the, the misery of modern multi-level marketing, I thought I got to share this. If for no other reason, this is, I guess, me trying to, I'm trying to get some kind of expiation here. I, I'm just trying to unburden my soul. And by the way, I, I love the service that I have been able to, to gain by becoming part of that, that Legal Shield organization. Not such a big fan of going out there and hunting down people to become associates. That just seems, to me, sometimes it comes off as just a little bit predatory. But that's just, I think the service is wonderful. I just don't, I just don't get into the hurrah for everything kind of marketing. But to Emma Elliott Friere said she got a message from a woman who had added her on Facebook. And she says it'd been years since she'd seen this woman, 20 years by her count. Even then, her contact was pretty limited. Her parents were friends with the other lady's parents since childhood. She was several years older, so they barely interacted during visits. But when she clicked on her, when Emma clicked on this friend's profile, she says, I quickly began to doubt the sincerity of her enthusiasm over reconnecting with me. She was a salesperson for a vitamin supplement company. Yes, this was an example of multi-level marketing. And she asks the question, is there anybody left in America who hasn't been approached for multi-level marketing purposes in the manner I've just described? Now, Investopedia describes MLM as a strategy some direct sales companies use to encourage existing distributors to recruit new distributors who are paid a percentage of their recruit sales. The recruits are the distributors downline and distributors also make money through direct sales of products to consumers. Ask the average American how they define MLM and they'll probably use words like mm, persecution, nightmare or heinous. And Emma Elliott Freer says pretty much any product you can think of has someone selling it via MLM. My list of Facebook friends encompasses salespeople for Prove It and Plexus, vitamin supplements, doTERRA, essential oils, Rodan and Fields and Lime Life, skin care. And those are just the ones that she spotted. Now, she says MLM is mainly done by women who are targeting other women. And this can quickly blur the line between friendship and business. And it also preys on isolated housewives. 
She says, after I'd moved to a new city, I connected with a fellow mom who came over for a play date with her kid. I knew almost no one at that point, so I was thrilled to have a real-life human being coming to visit. But a week later, she messaged me that she was in the business of selling underwear. Was I interested in buying some? She says, I figured there was no harm in it, but unfortunately, none of the options she brought over fit me. As much as I wanted to make a new friend, I wasn't going to buy non-fitting underwear. And she was visibly disappointed when I told her, and she never came by my house again. But at least she was honest when she set up our second meeting that she wanted to sell me stuff. Plenty of women have shown up for what they believed was a coffee date and discovered it was a sales pitch. And it's this element of subterfuge that's a big part of why many people find modern multi-level marketing so infuriating. Ooh, I'm building up a good rant here. I'll be back to finish it up just the other side of these messages. Summer is here, and Matt's got the barbecue out all ready to grill. That's why he trusts Super Poly Grip, so he can enjoy his steak with full confidence. Poly Grip. Sounds like there's a party going on, but something's missing. The birthday gals arrived, and thanks to Polydent, her bright smile is anything but a surprise. Polydent. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. America is built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty HealthShare brings that to health care. The liberty of choosing your own doctor. The liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty HealthShare makes health care affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to lightyourliberty.com. Do you wish you could get better sleep and maybe lose a few pounds? Maybe more than a few pounds? Well, there's this product called Calitrin that helps with both sleep and weight loss. Just listen to what people are saying about it. I've been taking Calitrin for right about three months, and I've lost 24 pounds and 19 overall inches. But my sleep has improved. I have so much more energy, and I have the desire to succeed more than ever. Anyone who needs weight loss, more energy, and better sleep, this product really does deliver. I'm Rob. Roger. Uh, over the three months that I took the product, my sleeping habits uh, are increasingly much better. I got a better night's sleep, and uh, I just can't say enough about the product and how it makes you feel. Also, uh, I additionally lost a little bit of weight on the program as well. Hi, this is Erickson. I take Calitrin for weight loss, and I've lost about 20 pounds, and I feel great. Calitrin is scientifically proven to help with sleep and weight loss safely and effectively. Check it out at TopLoss.com. That's TopLoss.com. Weekday afternoons, rub shoulders with trusted voices of truth and insight. The American Mutsos Show with Eric Mutsos. The Read Hour with Lawrence W. Reed. Loving Liberty with Brian Hyde. The Liberty Effect with Emin Bundy. And Stranger Than Fiction with Ralph DeLugas. Right here on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Hey, once again, welcome back to Loving Liberty. I'm Brian Hyde. Okay, I'm, I'm confessing something today, and this is something that I, I really, it's, this is a hard thing for me to confess, but after many years of staunch resistance, I actually joined a multi-level marketing network or a network marketing thing. And, and I'm not telling you this because I want you to hit me up and I'll get you set up and you'll be in my downline. Um, I found a product that I actually thought this is good enough. I would not mind telling people about it. But, uh, but I agree with the article that I'm reading here from Emma Elliott Friere about the misery of modern multi-level marketing. And it's, it's the predatory nature of looking at other people, not as a friend or not as an associate or somebody even that you can just that you would be wanting to help out so much as a stepping stone. 
an opportunity to climb higher. And I don't know if there's any way to get around it, but I, I know I want to hear your take on it. I've got Sam on the line with me from Missouri. Sam, how are you today? Oh, we're doing just fine. Welcome to Tuesday in America. <laughs> so you were telling me you've had some experience here. You've, you've been down this dusty road. Oh, many, many times with different uh, companies and different things. And the chief problem that you have, one of the chief problems, there are many, uh, but one of them, and, and the problem is the concept in itself, I don't have a problem with providing a few key um, uh, issues here are dealt with. And, and But let me first get into the issue of why I have a problem with the way most people do it. A lot of these companies spend more time in these multi-level marketing organizations getting their people acquainted with the business opportunity than they do the product. And we had an experience with that when we were living up in the Kansas City area. We had a couple come over to our house and uh, they were trying to sell us some vitamin products. And I can't remember what it was. This is years ago, but but it was a vitamin product, nevertheless. And um, I um, I stopped him, you know, and I said, and these were fine Christian people. At least they they seemed to be. I mean, you know, as far as I knew, you know, they were members of the same church I was going to, and that kind of thing, if I remember correctly. Um, but the the but the one thing that does stick out in my mind is I stopped them, and I said after they went through the whole spiel, I said, why. Why should I pick your product over everybody else's? I said, there are tons of companies out there selling vitamin supplements, okay? And I said, why should I pick yours over anybody else's? They could not tell me, Brian. They had no idea. That's a, that's there, a definite uh, red flag. Yeah, and therein lies the problem. Um the the thing is, what you really need, if you're going to make a multi-level marketing thing work, you should have a product that is so good that once people try it, they will beat a path to your door, and that's the chief problem with most of them. Now, I'm going to I'm going to tell you about something I'm doing that isn't multi-level marketing, and I wish it was because it's a because uh, I'm I'm taking a product, a vitamin supplement. Most vitamin supplements for me were like pouring. Um, pouring, uh, you know, money down a, a, a rat hole, so to speak, you know, and, and I, I've never had much experience from it. But a product that I'm taking right now, which is not multi-level marketing, um, is a vitamin supplement. It's, um, and I, you know, and I, w- I won't mention what it is unless you want me to. I you can mean, mention I can. it. I don't care. It- okay. It's, it's a product called Living Fuel, and it's, uh, it's a powdered supplement. And it has done more for me than anything else that I'd ever taken because it's, uh, and you'll find this too, you'll find that powdered supplements usually are better uh, than pills. The problem that you have is most of them are loaded with sugar and they're loaded with uh, either some sort of um, uh, ginseng or some sort of coffee berry or something like that, um, that it makes the product to appear to work when in reality all it's doing is just kicking up your sugar level, you know, and and this product hasn't done that for me. But here's the problem. The problem with the Living Fuel product is it's very expensive. I mean, uh, just to get for my wife, Trish, and I to get by for a month on it, just runs over $600 a month. Yikes. And But it's a darn good product, and I feel so much better when I'm on it. I mean, you know, I've had, you know pains and, you know, like arthritis in my left foot and stuff like that that I don't notice anymore and stuff like that. So it's worked for me. The other thing you have to keep in mind is one size truly does not fit all in vitamin supplements. Okay, so that's the other part of this that we have to keep in mind. But I will say, I mean, as far as dense nutrients in the product, it's it's worked very much for me. Now, it's not a multi-level marketing type deal. In other words, they sell it, you buy it, and that's it. They're talking about doing something to make something more along those lines, but I don't know if they ever will or not. The, the key is don't go beating up on people to, um, you know, in, in other words, don't just go, lamb, you know, bombarding people with it in order to try to get them on it, you know, because right. people don't like to be pressured. And the problem is, uh, I'll go back to another issue that I had when I lived up in Kansas City. I was dealing with, I uh, had a company called Rollins Security come over to my house, you know, because we were considering putting an alarm system, which we never did, not from these guys. Anyway, and the guy, 
these guys were paid on commission. And it was similar to the same thing. In fact, it was an outfit that was actually run by um, by one of the major pest control companies here in the United States. Um, and I can't remember which one it was, but I know it was one of those. If you heard it, you'd know what it was. Right. But they tried to tell me that because I decided I wasn't going to pay $2,000 for their security system, that I didn't care for my family, that I should be ashamed of myself. High pressure. Got it. Yeah. Whenever they do that run, run as fast as your legs can carry you from that from that organization. Um, Sam, I, I'm going to stop here because I want to I want to finish up this article from Emma Elliot Friere. But thank you for weighing in on this. I think you correctly zeroed in on on some of the concerns that that I have and that I see her expressing as well. Yeah, and really, I'll just leave you with this. Try, um, you should allow somebody to at least try a product before you uh, decide to pull them into the organization and work with them on coming into the organization. If they don't, shake the dust off your feet and move on. Sound advice. Thanks you again, bet. man. Take care. Thanks for the call. 801-331-8113. Going back to the article here, Emma Elliott Freer says, look, multi-level marketing's been around for ages. In fact, she remembers her mom groaning when she would get invitations to Tupperware or pampered chef parties. But she says, if you went to a pampered chef party, the sales pitch was at least explicit. You knew what you were signing up for. Today, with multi-level marketing, it's just not as clear. And a lot of it's conducted by social media. She says, I've been on Facebook for over 10 years, and I've observed that, if, that people have gradually stopped sharing as much about their personal lives. Americans as a whole have become more conscious of protecting their privacy, but not so with the multi-level marketing salespeople. They're constantly writing lengthy posts about their various personal crises, health issues, and dark nights of the soul. And all these problems were cured by, you guessed it, whatever product it is they sell. They accompany their posts with photos of themselves, frequently posing with their cute kids to attract additional likes. She says, as annoying as MLM can be, I get why so many people are attracted to it, especially moms. It's tough to find gainful employment that you can combine with looking after your children. Now, she says, I'm a stay-at-home mother myself, so I understand the challenges. MLM seems like a solution. You work where you want, when you want. But she says, also, I'm friends with several MLM salespeople in real life, not just on Facebook. And she says, I've observed that they actually use the products they sell in their homes and genuinely believe in them. So it's not just a sales pitch. Now, some reputable studies show that the vast majority of multi-level marketing salespeople don't make any money at all or actually lose money. Some MLMs are scams, but she says, my impression is that as long as you avoid those, yeah, you can make some money, though probably not a lot. And is it worth feeling the constant pressure to sell to every single person you encounter? Well, she says, for me, the answer is a resounding no. But... Multi-level marketing, she says, is not going away. If only the salespeople would tone down their social media posts and be more honest about when they're selling and when they're just hanging out. Then she says, I think we can all coexist. I think that's really solid advice. And like I say, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling just this, this little pang of guilt, even though the MLM I signed up for, I think, has a marvelous product. Now, you don't hear me talking about it. I don't share a lot about it on the air here, and it's because I'm not trying to take advantage. I don't know. Can you toot your own horn without to becoming one of those predatory types? I guess that remains to be seen. We'll be back after this. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Breaking political news as a billionaire investor and activist has just announced he is joining the race for the Democratic presidential nomination. Tom Steyer is reversing course after saying earlier this year that he would not be running for the White House. The 62-year-old had said he wanted to focus entirely on impeachment efforts. A new Justice Department team taking over President Trump's push for a citizenship question to be placed on the 2020 census. Counselor to the president, Kellyanne Conway, says there is no reason for the administration to stop trying. The Supreme Court did not issue a legal impediment decision. They basically said, come back and give us a different rationale. 
Forecasters say a hurricane could develop this week in the Gulf of Mexico. They say people from eastern Louisiana to western Florida need to be on alert. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Liberty Mutual Insurance presents. And Doug. Is that your pet, Emu? He's my partner, Lemu. And we're here to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. So is he only an Emu because it rhymes with Lemu, as in Liberty Mutual? Well, I want So say- this is just a clever way to get people to remember Liberty Mutual, huh? Kinda. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and affiliates. Equal housing insurer. State laws apply. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800 215 That's 800-215-5141. Billionaire Jeffrey Epstein is pleading not guilty to sex trafficking charges. He's accused of forcing underage girls to have sex at his mansion in Manhattan, creating a network allowing him to sexually exploit and abuse dozens of underage girls, some as young as 14. Lawyer David Boyes says Epstein's alleged victims have been waiting for this a long time. They have been attacked. Uh, Their credibility has been maligned. uh, And this is very, very welcome and gratifying uh, vindication for them. He was speaking to NBC News. Meanwhile, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Labor Secretary Alexander Acosta should resign. As years ago in Florida, Acosta struck what many say was a sweetheart deal with Epstein, sentencing him to just over one year in jail and requiring him to register as a sex offender. New York met Pete Alonso's the 2019 Home Run Derby champ, and this is USA Radio News. Hey, welcome back to Loving Liberty. I'm Brian Hyde. Hey, thanks for sticking around after I got that whole uh, multi-level marketing thing off my chest. Now, if you just won't turn your back on me in public, I'll feel like that was that was uh, the right thing to do. I just, I really, I do. I dread the thought of people seeing me and going, oh, crap, here he comes with his sales pitch again. I'm, you know, I, I'm always selling something, though. So let me just be, you know, forthright about this. No, I always have something to sell. Hopefully it's ideas that uplift and inspire or help you better understand the world around you. And not just a product, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking to share what I think are worthwhile things. But man, I do not want to be the guy who's, hey, hey, <laughs> like a vulture watching you come around. Let me swoop in here and, and sell you something that uh, I know you're going to really like. Here's an interesting article from intellectualtakeout.org. This is... Well, I predict that there are going to be more parents facing this. The, the title says, we fought the transgender activists and lost. Here are five lessons for every parent. This is from Kristen Allen. She's part of the Arlington Parents Coalition. And she says, our defeat was all but inevitable, yet the transgender activists still showed up in matching shirts and waved multicolored flags. Their speakers outnumbered ours four to one. But they still hissed and muttered ugly names at our side while we spoke. We had gathered for the Arlington County School Board's meeting on June 18th. For four months, the Arlington Parent Coalition had worked tirelessly to get our liberal school board and administrators to reconsider or delay the implementation of policies that would expand accommodations for transgendered identified students. Those policies were passed four years ago during the summer when nobody was paying attention and their timing was not unintentional. The steady and focused efforts of transgender activists over the last 20 to 30 years are now bearing fruit. And some of the policy changes coming to Arlington County include biological boys and girls being allowed into each other's bathrooms and locker rooms, girls having to compete against transgender boys in sports, and schools compelling speech in favor of transgender pronouns. Parents are seen as a potential threat to transgender students, and any opposition to transgender accommodations is perceived as hateful bigotry. 
Gary McCaleb, senior counsel for the Alliance for Defending Freedom, estimates that hundreds of school systems across the country are now fighting the rollout of transgender ideology. Communities are woefully unprepared for the impact this will have on our children. There is no roadmap for grassroots groups to follow as they fight this radical agenda and cultural shift. However, several lessons emerged from our efforts that might be helpful to other grassroots groups. And just as an aside to you, the listener, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because you may think, well, now that's, you know, some far off place. This is Virginia or somewhere clear across the country. It's not going to matter. It's not going to happen where I am. No, it is. It is. And, and, and what makes it significant is it's not like, wow, science has just uncovered, you know, that actually why, you know, nearly 45% of people are struggling with this gender identity issue. It's, it's still the very tiny, tiny minority. But cultural activists have seized it and used it as emotional leverage to impose their ideology, their particular agenda. And they do this without apology. In fact, they do it with the insistence, you will accept this or else. Sometime I'll have to do a little follow-up show on uh, Soviet mind control techniques or Soviet uh, crowd manipulation techniques. The consensus builders. They don't have to convince you. They just have to wear down your resistance until you finally give up and say, okay, fine, whatever, just leave me alone. But if you are the kind of person who says, hey, I can't reject my duty to my kids and to protect them and to still... Maintain that there are some things that are right and there are some things that aren't. There are some things that are based in reality and there are some things that aren't. If you're going to fight the fight, here are some tips that you will likely find very useful. And again, this is courtesy of Kristen Allen, who was on the losing end when she approached her school board about uh, let's not force this kind of ideology on our kids. Number one, she says, courage is contagious. While some hesitate to engage for fear of being called a hater or a bigot, she says we must push back on those who want to reshape our children's understanding of biology, personhood, privacy, and the primary role of parents. Often people have an intuitive discomfort with transgender ideology, but they need direction on how to act. She suggests give people specific ways they can take one small risk, like write a letter or meet with officials or have a hard conversation, then nudge them to take another risk. Celebrate every act of engagement and resistance. It puts school officials on notice and it slows down the rate at which the system accommodates the transgender agenda. Number two, put together a diverse coalition. The transgender movement divides the child against him or herself, children against parents, neighbor against neighbor. Use the power of common interest across the lines of faith, culture, and politics to create alliances. Christians and Muslims must coordinate. Immigrant parents need to be involved. Liberals and conservatives must find points on which they agree. People must get out of their social and ideological comfort zones and present a united front on this issue affecting all children. Number three, the gatekeepers have failed parents. Despite significant internal disagreement, professional organizations such as the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Psychological Association, American Psychiatric Association, and the National School Board Association succumbed to pressure from the transgender advocates to endorse affirmation ideology. Those trusted with the job of vetting the research and best practices for treating kids with gender dysphoria have folded under financial or peer influence. And she says pressure needs to be brought on these professional groups to either retract and or modify their positions as local educators and officials are deferring to these groups' statements of support. However, local doctors and mental health professionals have a powerful voice when speaking about the dangers of affirming transgender children. Get them involved. Number four, Spread the truth about gender-affirming therapy. She says, educating people is essential, and information about the dangers of affirming gender dysphoria is being suppressed. For instance, a simple internet search on transgender children provides lists of references from transgender advocacy groups like the Human Rights Campaign, but it's much harder to find the alternative point of view. Yeah, thanks to Google. 
making sure we have a fair and balanced representation, right? So parents should prepare talking points and source citations to use with school administrators, their school board, and other parents. Much more research is needed, but ask school administrators if the scientific studies they use to justify new policies are peer-reviewed, if they have a large sample size, if they've tracked children for many years. In some cases, the studies themselves have been underwritten by gender clinics or transgender advocates. Number five, there are no opt-outs for our kids. She says parents must understand that we now exist in a post-opt-out world. You are misled if you believe pulling your children out of certain course units will will protect them. Transgender ideology is coming from the bottom up through social media and massive cultural changes. School children, especially public school children, are being indoctrinated in transgender ideology by posters on the wall, speakers in the library, books on the shelves, after-school clubs, school-wide celebrations, and politicized teachers. Vigilance and constant engagement with principals and classroom teachers are critical. Concerned parents are, to borrow from the musical Hamilton, outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned. And she says, if you're already stretched in terms of time and attention, the situation can feel too big, too scary, and too inevitable. She says, at one point, I found myself looking for an exit from the fight when an activist from neighboring Fairfax County gave me a steely work, a steely look rather, and said, it is far worse than you understand. And don't you dare walk away. She says, only parents can demand accountability from school systems and set boundaries around their children. We can't walk away. Now, that's a pretty tall order. And again, this is from Kristen Allen, a member of the Arlington Parent Coalition. She was on the losing side of trying to get the school to to tone down or at least roll back or minimize this transgender ideology that was being implemented as part of its curriculum. But these are pretty sound lessons. And even though my wife is a public school teacher, I will tell you that a parent who feels strongly enough about what is being piped into their child's mind via this moral imperative, you know, we have to teach this, we have to, to, to make sure that they understand this. The parent who, who believes strongly enough, no, you don't, and pulls their child out of that school system, I think you may be showing the greatest courage of all. It's costly. It's inconvenient. In many uh, places, there is a lot of hoops you have to jump through and, and permission slips that you have to obtain just to assert that parental authority over your own child. But I think it's probably worth it. Ever wonder why Europeans speak so many languages? Is it because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe? Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons and award winning technology can have you speaking Spanish, French, or German within weeks. Just go to Babbel.com. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I could tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Go to Babbel.com to select your language. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, or download the app to try for free. America is built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty HealthShare brings that to health care. The liberty of choosing your own doctor. The liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty HealthShare makes health care affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to LightYourLiberty.com. LightYourLiberty.com. At Walgreens, we know that your day doesn't stop for diabetes. So when you've got places to go and people to see, count on Walgreens every day to get expert diabetes advice 24-7. Find all major brands of testing supplies like Walgreens True Metrics in-store and online. And download tools to help you stay on track, like our five-star mobile app with Pill Reminder. At Walgreens, we are your diabetes go-to. Stop by and talk to your pharmacist today. 
Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Here's a great deal on MyPillow. When you go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special, type in promo code USA, you'll get two MyPillow premium pillows for $69.98. Now that's only $34.99 a pillow. You will not get that price anywhere at retail. It's the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. And like all MyPillow products, 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special, use my promo code USA. Peace Legal, we're a refreshingly different type of law firm. Other law firms charge clients by the minute. Sometimes you're afraid to call your lawyer because you're worried about the cost. Not with Peace Legal. You have the option in most cases between hourly billing and flat fee billing. With flat fee billing, you know how much your case will cost up front. One flat fee, no hidden costs, and no charges to speak with your lawyer. We specialize in family law, adoptions, divorce, prenuptial agreements, and enforcement of custody and support orders. We also work with businesses and nonprofits with planning, contracts, and employment issues. We also handle what we call life law matters. Cut through the smoke and mirrors and see current events through the lens of common sense. Think about how bad things must be at the federal level for your state politicians to say, we're going to hold a constitutional convention and rewrite the Constitution. In the end, there's only two things we need to do. One, take the time to get right with God and just remember to be kind. The Joe Carey Show, weekday afternoons at 12. You gotta be kidding. Welcome back to Loving Liberty. I'm Brian Hyde. Oh boy. I, I'm still I'm trying to get my eyes to unroll. I'm still looking at my brain uh, from my eyes rolling so hard. So apparently, you know, state fair time is coming up across the uh, the country. Various state fairs taking place and controversy is sweeping across Illinois across Illinois after the state fair in. I don't know how you say the name. Duquan Duquine. Anyway, at the state fair, a decades old band has been pulled from the lineup. Six bands were set to take over the grandstand in August, but there is one band that has been pulled from the lineup. Confederate Railroad. Ah, ah, your eyes are rolling too. I saw it. I heard that big sigh of, are you kidding me? Yeah, this group has been performing since 1984. And back when I was once a jock on a country music station, uh, that was uh, one of the groups that we would play. But due to the word confederate, they are now banished to the memory hole. A statement released by the Illinois Department of Agriculture, it states, while every artist has a right to expression, we believe this decision is in the best interest of serving all the people of our state. When reaching out to the band for a comment, they did confirm the decision was made due to their name, and it's not the first time it's happened. Oh, boy. Residents all across central Illinois had different opinions. One said, uh, I really feel a band coming to the fairgrounds with that name will cause a lot of problems. Others believe removing the band violates constitutional rights. Regardless of who thinks what, the band won't be performing. I'm asking you this with, with all the sincerity I can muster. Where does it stop? Has this band actually done anything that ever harmed anybody in any measurable way? And if the answer is yes, then get the proof right up here, front and center, toot sweet. Come on, let's see it. And if the answer is no, what in the world is wrong with us? Well, Brian, you see, there was a time when we weren't offended at such things, but now we are offended. But do you see where this is leading? This this case of terminal offense is leading us to a point where it, at some point nobody is going to be able to think or safely say or th- believe anything without some politically correct commissar first checking off the boxes. Well, let's make sure that it meets, you know, the uh, ever evolving standards of what is acceptable. Yeah, I understand some people may have a problem with it, but. That's the point. It's their problem. They choose to have a problem with it. Again, if you could show me where something was actually done wrong by either members of this band, Confederate Railroad, you know, or or somehow that they were harming people. You know, they get up and they sing, oh, I don't know, 
songs that glorify the, uh, you know, sexualization and subjugation of women and, you know, use filthy names for them and the F-bomb every... Oh, wait, I'm talking about rap music. Never mind. You know, if they were, if they were to, you know, <laughs> really sing offensive lyrics, maybe that would be something. But no, it's a name they've had for 35 years. But just now we got woke enough, we figured out this is really a horrible thing and it just cannot stand. There aren't that many days where I feel like, man, stop the earth. I want to get off. But this this is one of those times where I, I just I can't believe the pettiness, the ridiculousness of some of the people who are my fellow travelers. And I don't like where it's headed. I think I think we are we are courting disaster. And when everything falls apart around us, these are the people going to be standing. Whoa, what happened? Well, you turned loose of reality is what happened. There's this thing called the law of the harvest. You sow and then you reap. And what we reap from this, I don't even want to guess at. All right. I'm sounding a little pessimistic. Now, let me let me put the spin on this about why that's a good thing. David Evans, writing for intellectualtakeout.org has a great article to be happy first be pessimistic okay well i'm there i'm gonna have a happy day i guess from this point on he says we all want to be happy but we're not terribly good at it as a result for centuries philosophers have wrestled with how to attain happiness few though have offered as novel an answer as marcus aurelius one of rome's greatest emperors ready for it be pessimistic now, this is admittedly an unappealing proposition ranking somewhere between paying for college by selling your kidneys or eating 100 vanilla-covered cockroaches in 15 minutes. But reflect for a moment about where we're at, and you might start to rethink your initial reaction. He says, for despite the fact that we're drowning in an ocean of entertainment with legions of self-help gurus acting as lifeguards, the World Happiness Report reveals that general levels of happiness have been in steady decline. According to Newsweek... Americans should be happy, but paradoxically, happiness and well-being have fallen in recent years. Now, the report attributes this decline to a growth in addictions, but a close reading of Aurelius's autobiographical work, Meditations, suggests there might be a deeper problem with how we're pursuing happiness. We're not focusing on the negatives in life. Don't believe me? Well, he says, Meditations is filled with little nuggets like, Our lifetime is so brief. Nothing to get excited about. Or, in such deep darkness, such a sewer, I don't know what there is to value or to work for. Or, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. End quote. Now, David Evans says, uh, Now, this grim view of life would seem to lead straight to either a psychiatric office or maybe even a cemetery plot. But before you reject Aurelius out of hand, he says, think for a moment about what pessimism is. According to Merriam-Webster, pessimism is an inclination to emphasize adverse aspects. So Aurelius then is not advocating despair. To the contrary, he writes, when you arise in the morning, think of what a precious privilege it is to be alive. What he's saying is that by focusing on the negative in everyday life while also appreciating life's inherent value, we will have a better sense of perspective, which constitutes the second step to real happiness. So reflect for a moment. How many of the things that we want daily will matter or be remembered in five years, 10 years, 15 years? He says, personally, I can't think of that many. And to be clear, I'm not talking about needs, food, shelter, etc. I'm talking about wants. Things we chase that only have transitory value, new gadgets, new fads, new friends, we're too often those who seek pleasure and whose happiness fluctuates with moods outside their control. So instead of being a slave to the whims of desire, Marcus Aurelius's pessimism puts our desires in perspective. This is essential because if you can't stop prizing a lot of other things, then you'll never be free, free, independent, imperturbable. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. Once we stop prizing a lot of other things, we will ever be fulfilled, ever stop desiring, lusting and longing for people and things to enjoy. 
I got to think about that one for a moment. But to Aurelius, that's what true happiness consists of. Freedom from the endless pull of the new, the novel, the pleasurable. Freedom to focus on what's actually important. Let's face it, this isn't a particularly appealing conclusion. It's not nearly as fun as the other paths that culture presents as being the true path to happiness. It requires doing the hard thing of accepting the present as it is, and that the future will likely not be as pleasant as we would like to assume. But the beauty of Aurelius's pessimism is that it frees us from that needing to be the case. If nothing else, Aurelius in his pessimism tells us to remember that very little is needed to make a happy life. Now, again, this is from David Evans, writing on intellectualtakeout.org. When I read that earlier today, I, I really had to stop and think about it. And I, I do believe I see the point that he's making. I don't find myself feeling this as often, but it's still a pretty big part of my life. Looking forward to the next big thing. What's the next exciting moment? Whether it's career advancement, whether it's you know, um, recognition for something or acquiring something for me, this, this may seem like a weird thing, but, um, one of the, one of the things I'm always looking forward to is the next great thing that I will cook on my pit barrel cooker. Is it going to be an awesome rack of ribs that I can then share with people who I love? Is it going to be a nice pork roast? Is it going to be chicken thighs? I don't know, but I will admit I'm looking forward, especially every weekend. Hey, 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 time to Pull out the pit barrel cooker and fire it up. For some people, it's technology. It's gadgets. Ooh, a new phone. A new computer. A new car. New shoes. For some people, it's... Sadly, it's, it's you know, conquest. A new, uh, you know, one-night stand or a new encounter. I like the idea of learning to be a little happier with what you have and a little less focused on what you're going to get next. That's something I'm going to have to work on. I hope you find this interesting and maybe useful as well. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.